Welcome to Discussions of Music, Healing, and Consciousness with your hosts, Chris Noble and Bill Protzman. On this podcast, Chris and I offer a spontaneous, ongoing conversation about how music is intertwined with healing and consciousness. Our first season helped lay the foundation and build some of the superstructure for what we want to do here in Season 2, where we'll be welcoming some intriguing guests, going deeper into ancient mysteries and wisdom, and cultivating your background knowledge and curiosity. We hope these discussions will inspire your own study and practice of the musical and healing arts, and that your contribution to advancing world consciousness will be satisfying for you and transformative to those around you. Let's get started. Summer. Nobody's going to be commuting in their car, you know, for 45 minutes during the summer, right? Well, we hope not. We but hope if not. you're commuting, maybe it's commuting to some beautiful location where you're going. Yeah, to... maybe you're going further than that. You're going hours away because you need to be in the mountains or the forest or near the beach or, you know, in the desert, whatever it is. Yeah, perhaps you're on a road trip and you're doing what I do, which is download a bunch of podcasts on my Spotify. And then just when I don't have any data anymore in the mountains, I just knock out my podcast. Knock out the podcasts. There you go. Two times I, speed, you know, you hear us talking like. <laughs> <laughs> so wherever you're listening or watching, welcome, welcome, welcome. Yeah. And, uh, you know, today we're going to talk about integration. And uh, I know, Bill, you've got lots of really amazing experience on integration. I'm actually curious to know, like, when was your first time where you truly understood the importance of integration? Because. I know with certainly with psychedelic experiences or spiritual experiences, they can be so profound in the moment, so profound. And then the next day, you can you can kind of just be like, what do I do with that? What just happened? (laughs) What just what just happened, man? (laughs) You know, um, my first sort of awareness of integration had nothing to do with psychedelics, had nothing to do with psychotherapy. Uh, It had to do with just coming to grips with what I need to do as a musician. And I can't even tell you precisely when that happened. It wasn't like a moment. It was a process, maybe years, when I realized that the traditional path of being a piano player was not where I needed to serve. And it's a crazy thing. You know, so you spend all your life, like I did growing up, to play the piano and getting really good at it. And then at some point or another, you start to realize that there are people your age who are like monstrously good at it, just so far beyond, right? And in order to compete, you'd have to do, you know, X amount of work to get there. So I don't know, I I had my 10,000 hours in my 20s, but I know people personally who had their 10,000 hours in their early teens, you know? And I know there are people out there who are even better than them who've been just, you know, devoted to the craft. So I started to have this awareness that, first of all, I love what I do. And that was a very important part of me, of, of you know, being a musician. And secondly, that I would need to find a lane that was not that. I just didn't fit in the music department. You know, I wasn't going to go and, and listen to you know, music history seven hours a day. I wasn't going to practice four hours a day. It just, I mean, I wanted to, but there were too many other things in life, right? So that awareness began to grow. And, and over the course of maybe 10 years, it took to figure out how to integrate, build a piano player into build a human being and to make those things work in a way that I could sustain, you know, and still enjoy without feeling like I was on in the grind. Uh, that's integration. 
And that time frame, I think, is so important. Because it's not like, you know, we sort of taught these days, well, you know, you have a psychedelic experience and then you spend the next couple of weeks figuring it out and then you have another psychedelic. It's it's like, well, yeah, but it's a bigger thing, right? Integration is sort of like the description of the process of living fully, if you will. How do you do that? Well, you, you try, you know, you keep you keep at it and you keep doing things that make you live more and more deeply all the time. Like we were talking about in the last episode of that amazing four and a half hour experience. Those peak experiences are the fuel, you know, to, to get you or to maybe to remind you, you know, like you play a great concert and it reminds you how wonderful it is to do what we do. And you forget about all of the pain and agony of practice and, you know, all the stuff you had to do to make the concert actually happen. It all kind of disappears for a while. <laughs> You know, and then you come back and go, oh, I got to do that again. What do I, how can I take, you know, everything I've learned up to this moment and make it a part of the very next time that I walk on stage successfully, right? And it's, you have to challenge yourself to do that. It's not automatic. You have, it's, it's a dedication. They call it dedication to the craft. I don't know. How do you feel about all this, man? I'm just rambling here. No, I love it, Bill. It's, I was actually just going to ask you, so when you're saying, you know, it's taking you about like a 10 year journey of integration, you could argue your whole life is a journey of integration. Yeah, you right? could. Yeah. Like, so obviously we're, we're kind of speaking generally here, but what have you found are some specific tools, things that you have done that help with that process as an example of, we talked about in the last episode, even just journaling, writing these things down that, that come to you in a more heightened, uh, conscious state of consciousness experience where we could call it a spiritual experience psychedelic whatever um profound and then you, you you download that information okay great now what do i do and you know as an example writing it down physically in a journal pen and paper kind of style yeah, um, yeah. Is, a, is one of the many infinite uh, tools that we can use to integrate these things so what else have you come come across well you know along the course of life you get therapy and there's other sort of clinical tools out there too. Uh, journaling is a great one. Uh, poetry has been a way, whether or not it's published, it doesn't matter, but poetry is a, is a way of challenging yourself to be terse, to be pithy about things. And in my case, my biggest challenge is making it concrete. So I, finding ways of being able to unpack the mental stuff into a form that's tangible that I can hold and that I can throw up against the wall and see if it sticks, you know, literally to turn it into something that's like that. Um, the, the more esoteric ways that belong to musicians, I think, are precisely, you know, working the craft because we know that that moment in performance is going to be everything that we prepared for and our practice and our dedication and learning new stuff and making it great and all of that is this, the set, you know? It's getting the set ready, literally the musical set for the setting of the concert experience in which it all comes together and releases that whatever the things are that lead to further integration the next time, right? So that whole set and setting is an integration practice uh, leading up to the moment. So obviously there are ways of um, of enhancing all of that. I've always been a, a deeply involved concert goer. It's more difficult to sit in the seats and have that numinous or ineffable experience but it happens. And there's several big moments where that's happened in my life that have been transformative. 
uh, they're um, because of my upbringing and my, my cultural background in classical music, I think most of them are related to classical music. Although I've had some others that are pretty amazing too. <laughs> like uh, what do they used to call it? Where you sat in the planetarium and some guy would do a laser light show on the dome. Oh, those are awesome. In real time. Yeah. Now, now it's gotten so much further beyond that. It's, it's all digital. It's a thing called Beatifica that you can see. That's, I mean, it's truly amazing these days, but you know, those moments, uh, I've, I've sought those out. But you can have a moment like that on the top of a 14,000-foot peak. Sure. Right? Yeah. Or in uh, my kid who surfs says it happens in the ocean, you know, oh, when you're so waiting for the waves. so meditative, you know? Yeah. And uh, it's, it's not like it's a relaxation moment. It's truly a peak experience where things come together and unity consciousness is present and just all of the aspects of life become... Uh, either dissolved or one together at the same moment. Those kinds of things are, um, I, I think they result, Chris, from work. Like we put in the time, we do the time, we get the amazing thing. And it's, it you know, it can happen to you without a lot of work too. And that's fine. But as a practice, if you're going to make it a practice, it goes much deeper than just, you know, dropping some mushrooms every week. Yeah. It, it's it's so beautifully involved. Once you start to learn that, like you said, the last episode, you can have that experience without the trigger. You can choose the experience, you know? And wow, when you understand that, I mean, that's a huge motivation to want to learn to practice, right? Oh, 100%. I mean, I think for me, I have like what I created in my life is almost uh, pretty much every week now, uh, I go out with my friends, we do breath work, we go to a, this beach where we go do breath work and meditate, swim. There's a lot of wildlife there. It's very, very private in the sense of just not a lot of people. And usually the people that are there are on the exact same level as us. They kind of, it's like a bit of a secret spot for, yeah, you know, breath workers, pol polar dippers, you know, that kind of, that kind of uh, scene, if you, if you'll call it that. And every week I do that because for me, that is one of my best and most intentional ways to integrate whatever I'm moving through and also to release whatever I need to release and to receive uh, whatever downloads information I need to receive. And when I do those practices with my friends in community, sometimes it's just one friend, sometimes it's like three, four, five of us. And that in of itself helps all of the things, whether it's integration or new ideas, because mm -hmm. it, it's like you're you're integrating and you're creating space for new things too, all at the same time. So it's also integration can kind of look like a, a whole mixed bag sometimes because yeah, it does. One thing, it's right? it's a circle. I've in the drawings that I've seen, and you know, psychologists have tried to break it into all these little aspects, and and you know, philosophers have done this. There's a lot of work going on out there about integration. I saw for the very first time. Last week, somebody's done a doctoral thesis or dissertation, I guess, doctoral dissertation on the integration process with psychedelics. And right. that's like, yay, hooray, because up until now, we've really only had sort of surveys. And now there's a, you know, a scholarly work about it. And it includes community. It includes the spiritual aspect. It includes the clinical aspect. All of these things are part of it. And it includes the nature of the circular journey, right? It, it's maybe a torus is a better way of describing it. The expansion and contraction of, of of the the vibration of integration right 
And it's all of those things. And uh, I, I'm so encouraged by this work that's coming out right now. Right. It's yeah. just, it's, it's a beautiful support for, um, for everyone's understanding that this sort of compression and release is the way things work. And it's not bad. You know, when you're compressed, it's not bad. It's just before release. And when you're released, it's not the end. It's the next, you're waiting for the next, you know, vibration to take place. So uh, that, I don't know, it, it's, it's such a beautiful thing that the awareness in the world is, is reaching this moment. Oh, 100%. And you just reminded me of um, something that I learned last night. Well, I, I relearned, I, you kind of, I kind of already knew this, but uh, it's nice to be reminded. And um, in the practice of breathwork, for example, it's not just the breath, which is really important. It's the repetition of the act. Yes. Yes. So when you, it's like, why in, you know, um, Kundalini yoga, do we repeat the same motion? Like, over a hundred times sometimes, or in certain meditation practices, you repeat the same mantra over and over and over. When I was trained in transcendental meditation, I just, all I had to do was repeat one mantra over yep. and over and yep. over and over until I'm done. And the power in repetition is actually what it does is it puts you into that trance state. So when you're repeating something over and over and over and over and over and over, and over again, that's what gets you into a trance state. That's what gets you into that altered state of consciousness to then bring in the downloads and the, the, the new ways of thinking and the realizations that you're, that you're looking at, maybe the realizations that you had no idea about, you know, and all these things. And that's also a huge part of the process is just the repetition. Um, and, and it might sound maybe a little boring, but that's actually the most exciting thing about that. These processes is the repetition and how something in that simple, like just breathe, that's it. Repeat, 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 you yep. know, or mantra, repeat, repeat, repeat. You know, or if it's a walking meditation, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine, ten steps and repeat, you know, or whatever it is, it's always this form of repetition. And that's what brings us into a translate state, altered state to receive all this stuff. So again, for those watching and listening, um, that's another really basic thing. Like think about, you could go, you could apply that to gardening. You could go into your garden and just plant the same thing in a row and do it you know, for the next half hour to an hour, and that's your meditation, or and that's and that's your integration. That's your way of doing exactly what Bill and I are talking about, not just in this episode, but almost every episode. And it can look a million different ways. So that's the really cool thing too about this. I won't say it's a new area, it's just a rediscovered area of, you know, very ancient practices we've, we've been doing pretty much as long as we've been around on this planet. And to rediscover that, especially in Western culture, is so exciting because, you know, at this event yesterday that I was doing, it was in a, I was in the downtown core of my city here in Vancouver, British Columbia, in the financial core, in the, like the most corporate, you know, commercial part of the city. And the people that would come into this event were kind of of that vibe. They're the downtown, yeah. well put together, pretty, you know, got lots of money and all that kind of stuff. And yet, at the end of the day, they're also human, just like all of us. And they, through these repetition exercises, through breath work and some music uh, meditation, they all had profound experiences and they're all individual. And what I loved hearing from uh, one participant in particular, she's like, because you're talking about the cyclical nature, the circular nature of uh, integration. She's like, oh, I went back to this exact same challenge that I've been working on that I thought I moved through a month ago in another 
you know, psychedelic ceremony. And then it came back, but it was a little different this time. I was like, that's not a bad thing. That's actually yeah. a really good thing. Yeah. Because that's yeah. the circular nature. We're always in a way we're just like, you, you don't just get over something and it's never going to happen again. Maybe, maybe there's something that happens like that, but for the most part, we just go in cycles of different things. And that's not a bad thing because you get to a new level. So it's like any game you level up and then you're here and then there's new challenges and you level up to then get those challenges. Then there's another one. And it's just, you know, but if you can learn to enjoy that journey and, and, and appreciate that, I think that's where a lot of peace can be had because sometimes you'd be like, Oh my God, when is this ever going to end? I'm like, well, doesn't really it doesn't <laughs> it's kind of life right what you're describing is essentially the project that i call the museomorphic quest and you know i, I don't want to give you give away any of it right now but repetition's a big part of that so i discovered when um when i wanted to take my own life that the repeated music that i was listening to had a huge effect on me mm. And since that experience i've discovered you know that, that was before science but since that experience i've discovered that neuroplasticity is very much a part of repetition. And if you can take a behavior that you don't want and begin to repeat it in a way that you do want. So, you know, my experience of being suicidal, um, I learned how to deal with that in a way that opened a door to growth rather than closed the door to life. And by aligning the music with that open door, it changed the nature of the experience for me in a way that was healing and transformative. And ultimately, that's the way that I work integration with music, right? Is by being able to connect a desire deeply with music that works on us mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, right? The whole thing. Oh, yeah. uh, that's incredibly powerful. And that repetition of it literally rebuilds your brain, which is important. But it's also rebuilding your heart, right? And your soul and your gut, it's changing the way that you inhabit that kind of uh, transformative moment. And I think that's really what integration is all about. You just can't integrate the brain, right? It, it, although we've been doing yoga and breath work, we've been doing yoga and meditation, there are integrative practices that we can come to that do hit all of it, right? They're full maps, they hit the mental, emotional, physical, spiritual, but music has been there all the time as a full maps practice, just from day one, first time we made a sound, the sound was affecting us all four ways. And by getting psychedelics and music into that space, it's creating such an awareness for the potential of integration, you know, more than just figuring it out psychically or more than just figuring it out physically, like how you learn to move or change your golf swing. Uh, <laughs> my, you know, my background is classical piano player and Classical piano players are weird. Like we're a strange breed. <laughs> Think about this. Our entire objective is to repeat the same notes over and over and over. I mean, how many times did like, you know, Horowitz play the same piece of music? But that's a practice too, because every time you hit it, it's got to be new. And if you aren't doing your work, it's going to sound mechanical. And by doing the work, I mean, not just getting the fingers stuffed down, but you've got to come to it with a new emotional insight, with a new, you know, mental grasp on the complexity of the music. All of these things inform your practice. So you've got the physical objects, move your hands. But when you do those things, that also opens up the spiritual. So this transformative work, this integrative work that we do as classical pianists, um, you know, often gets a lot of laughs. Like somebody said, well, you should never play, you should never perform Mozart before you're 30. And 
it, it's a good point, right? Because anybody can play the notes, but until you have a depth of life, right? You're not ready. You've done the work, but you need to keep doing the work until you reach that moment where you can fully integrate all the aspects of what's in a piece of Mozart. That sounds so simple, right? But they're, oh, it's so deep, right? So um, it's um, it's kind of an analog of the integrative experience being a classical piano player. And don't get me wrong, like jazz musicians work equally hard regardless of their you know chosen genre here. Studio musicians have got to be able to nail it out of the gate the first time and and sound like they meant it, right? Yeah. That's a huge talent because oftentimes they've never seen the music before, <laughs> right? It could be any genre too. And it could be any genre. So um, th this discipline that we musicians still have is one that, not that everybody's gonna be a musician, but the discipline, the factors of it, the parts of it that result in the practice and the production of what we do, uh, these are, practices that are inimical to every kind of integration that needs to take place. You know, it's not just therapy anymore, people, <laughs> you know, and it's not just a trip anymore because the, re the requirement is to combine the two. Exactly. I, we keep talking about hybrid events and these combining all these things together. That's really what it is. It's like yeah. this cocktail. It's this um, eight course meal, you know, where you're just, really trying to find the best combinations. And guess what? You're the indicator of the best combinations. Everyone's going to have a different combination. Oh, of I'm things so glad you we... said that, right? Right. Because, you know, bless their hearts, all, there won't be any protocols for this. <laughs> right. Well, you kind of do this, you kind of do that. And then and, and maybe, but it really is individual. And as guides, our job is to help people through their individual thing, like kind of give them some guardrails but not take them by the hand. They still have to, you know, carry them their way down the highway if that's what it takes to find their individual integrative moments, you know? And that's, these are these ancient teachings like you get from the Bible and other, these other ancient texts that talk about, you know, you don't want to spell it out for these people, for anybody, because that's not, you can't retain it that way. It's Yeah, the, and, and you really can't, you know? Right? I can't I, I'm just... not a big chapter and verse guy, but I, I'm just thinking right now, somebody said, Jesus, where's the kingdom? And he said, well, you're going to say it's here, it's there, but it's not. The kingdom of God is within you. Exactly. Right? They wanted to know, what's the protocol? How do I get there? And he said, well, just look inside, you know, man, because it's individual for every one of you. Well, 100%. And, and I'm, I, I've been experiencing that viscerally with a, a self-love journey that I've been going on myself personally. And it's, it's right. my own. It's yeah. been within me this whole freaking time. And that's the most hilarious and profound feeling to really have moments where I come out of these practices laughing almost every time because of the simplicity and I know I'm, I'm having chills right now. You know, if you're listening to this, Chris has this big smile on his face and we've talked about this and I can just see in your face that that's what's going on, right? You're like, you're just, you're laughing because, and it's not any of our fault. We're conditioned and programmed to think everything is outside of ourselves everything that we need to feel happy, to feel satisfied, to feel fulfilled, uh, any of those feelings that I think every human being is striving for, to feel connected, right, to feel loved, all of those things that we yearn for, we've been programmed and, and told that it's, oh, well, you'll feel that when you get your dream job, you know, you'll feel that when you have your dream relationship, your perfect partner, You'll feel that when you make a million bucks, you'll feel that when you get that right car, uh, when you get that nice you know, shirt, whatever that external thing is, when you travel, 
I used to think that too. Like that, I, you know, we've all fallen victim to this. Me too. Oh, I'll feel better when I buy that new instrument. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, whatever. Well, it's an integration the... practice, man, because you're finding out what it, what works integratively and which what doesn't. Hundred percent. You know, hundred percent. And for me, you know, I found my self love journey just came through different moments of intention where I would, you know, go through my day and just make a, an absolute point to tell myself that, you know, I love myself, physical touch, you know, I would give myself a hug and, and treat myself in the weirdest way that it sounds, but I would treat myself like I was my romantic partner and mm -hmm. that, you yeah. know, like, you know, I'm in a relationship with me. Can't and... give what you haven't got. Right. So um, give it to yourself. <laughs> well, yeah. And I'm not in a, exterior relationship right now and it's a perfect time for me and 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 anyone like you can go through this journey in marriage and in a relationship too it's definitely not um you definitely don't have to be solo to have this experience and 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 for me like I, that's just been my circumstances and what a what a profound realization to be really truly um in a relationship now with myself so that when i'm having other experiences in my life i know i don't Anything that I'm now doing externally, I'm doing it for um, pure intentions, at least as pure as I can feel that they are. And, and what I mean by that is there's a lot less reliance on these external things to make me happy, to make me feel fulfilled when I'm already I'm already there. I've already got that. So everything I'm doing is kind of just icing on the cake. Everything that happens around you, it starts to become like you get a beautiful sports car all of a sudden. You're like, wow, this is a, this is great. Awesome. Can't wait to go drive this on the, the 99 highway up to Whistler and look at the coast and the ocean and just have this beautiful ride. And you're in a you're in a form of gratitude and appreciation, but you didn't need that car to get there. It just was this really fun icing on the cake. It's the cherry on top. It's it starts. These things all just start to become these nice uh, colors to your to your already beautiful and colorful life. So. Yeah. I should probably say at this point that Chris's contact information is in the show notes. <laughs> I am doing some coaching now, just as Bill is. So, you know, we 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 want to share this. That's why we're doing the podcast. We want to yeah. share our own personal journeys. And they are personal journeys because your journey, listener, and your is always going to look a little different. But take these little nuggets, anything that resonates, or even maybe hearing what we're saying and being like, I don't like any of that. I'm not resonating with that. But in doing so, it's maybe opened up another thing that might work for you. Bingo. And yeah. Not yeah. a one size fits all. Definitely yeah. not. It's really cool to be encouraging people. It's like, you know, I talked about earlier, I've, I've had this dream of playing the piano in non-traditional places. And I've played a lot of concert halls, right? But let's go out into the world with this. You know, I forget who it was that managed to get a piano onto the top of a mountain, but that was my dream for a while. Grand piano, top of the mountain. And those people, you know, they can hike up to the top of a 14,000 foot peak or something with their cello and make music up there and record it. It's like, yeah, go. So, um, you know, the, one size doesn't fit all. And we got to live our way. What is it that Rilke says? I've got it up here. Perhaps live the questions now. Perhaps then, without noticing it, you'll live your way into the answers. And <laughs> Love it. that is beautiful to me, right? Because we really don't have a lot of answers, particularly about like, the psychedelic experience, but let's take it even further. The spiritual experience, what people have been writing about now for thousands of years, you can't really tell anybody what it is, but you can say what it's like, you know, and, and what it's like for you and what it's like for me. They're two different things, but it's still a spiritual experience that got us, you know, that got us deeply. 
and and if nothing else, if you're listening to this or watching this, if nothing else, that's that's what to strive for. That's where the change is going to come. And however you get there is like that's cool. Just do it. Nike, just do it. <laughs> Nike, just do it, right? And it's going to look different for everyone, like you said, right? So it's yeah. it's just kind of getting that. Um, I used to have a bit of a guru complex where I would see these people who are, you know, just living so um, in resonance and in harmony and, yeah. and feeling really, you could just sense they're, they're, they are in love with their life and themselves. And it's like, wow, that's so awesome. How do they do that? And I would listen to their techniques and everything and I'd write them all down and then I'd go practice them. And that was all important, of course, part of my journey. And at the same time, you know, now looking back, I'm like, right, it's been a combination of all of those things. Yeah. And it's my own now version of all that, which yep. is unique to me and only to me. And it's a stew. Is, right. <laughs> and, and it's and it's a beautiful one, too. And by the way, it's informed by all you out there, too, because this isn't a solo journey. We do have these individual experiences, but all of us like contribute to that individual experience in some way. And that communal connection I'm not even sure that's the right word for it. Uh, help me out here. I don't even know if there are words, but well, it's a collect. We're a collective consciousness. Yeah, it's uh, a collective consciousness. Yeah, right. So this whole planet, this whole our whole human race, we're. I mean, we're connected with every living thing in the universe. Let's be honest. We know this through quantum entanglement. You know? Yep. Yep. Two thousand and twenty-two, the year two thousand and twenty-two, the Nobel Prize for Physics went to um, these quantum physicists for yeah. their work on quantum entanglement. Yeah. Because it's quantum entanglement is so amazing. You can take one particle and then take its pair and move it halfway across the universe. And when you switch that one particle, it will automatically switch the other one that's halfway across the universe in real time, like yeah. at the exact same time, yeah. meaning that everything in time and space is all intricately yeah. connected in one place and source, meaning all of us are. So it is not an individual journey. It is a collective journey, even if you think it's just you. <laughs> even if you think it's just you. So you're not alone on this one, folks. You're not alone. Yeah. And if you do want to uh, have some uh, direction or some suggestions, ideas of what you can do, you know, feel free to reach out to uh, Bill or myself and uh, just you know, set up a conversation. We'd love to talk to you and just listen to your journey yeah. and see how we can help. Open the circle. We've been talking now for, I don't know, how many episodes? We're on, we're on a bunch. I don't know. And uh, these are the conversations that matter, you know. Not Chris and I have this conversation that matters to us, but have these conversations with other people too, and just see how it's how it works, you know. Cut right to the good stuff. You can leave the weather and politics and money and all the rest of the crazy out of it. Just go right to the core of what matters, and uh, it's so refreshing to do this. It's, it's, it's funny you say that, Bill. It's something I've been consciously doing now in conversations where they'd be like, uh, <laughs> like last night at this event, uh, I was talking to a woman afterwards and she's like, so, you know, what, have, what are you up to these days? And I'm like, uh, I could say I'm working on such and such project. I could say a lot of different things. I'm going on tour in July or something. I could say all these things. But I said, I was like, um, I'm really working on my self-love journey right now. And I could just in that moment, like just said that and like she lit up and she's like, oh my God, I'm kind of doing something similar. And then within one minute of our conversation, we've gone to a depth of utter beauty within yeah. this conversation just because you just cut to it. You and you'd be surprised how many people are totally wanting that. Yes, I, I completely agree. I, I do a lot of volunteer work in recovery 
substance abuse recovery. And I love people in recovery because they can do that. They go right there, right? And you know they're talking about completely different subject matter, but that doesn't matter. What matters is that they're going to that place and they've learned how. And I think a lot more of us, once, once we learn how and how to, it's safe to do that, we're going to have the same kind of beautiful experiences that you just described, right? Because they're available to us. All I have to do is, is go there. Yeah, you can have enriching conversation. A conversation that leaves you energized and not drained. That's yeah. the difference. And feeling supported and part of a community and like, you know, you're not alone, Bill. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, everyone uh, watching and listening, you know, let us know how your journey has been on integration and what methods and tools do you use and what experiences have you had? How do you like to connect with your community and um, what kind of delicious, juicy conversations have you had recently that leave you feeling really enriched? Because basic human interaction can be some of the most beautiful experiences you'll ever have in your whole life. I mean, we're not we're not a solo species. We're not polar bears. You know, we don't we don't thrive in isolation. We really do thrive in community. And of course, we need our alone time like anyone. But we uh, we we truly thrive as a species in community. So let's lean into that. You said it, brother. Thanks for this. Thank as you, always. Bill. As always. Aho, everyone. Aho, everyone.